we look at the Bible, the biblical metaphor is not steel wool, as good a metaphor as that is. The biblical metaphor for our world is thorns and thistles. We're stuck in a blackberry bush. Ugh! We've been dumped in the middle of a heavy rose garden. We've landed in a cactus patch. And every way you turn, I'm getting scraped and cut and hurt and I'm wounds all over my body. You see, the good world we live in is often not good. And you know it. It's fallen, it's corrupted, it's cursed. This curse is a consequence of pride, our desire to be gods, to be above it all, to run things the way we would have them run because we are a god and we turn and disobey the living God who made us and who loves us and who provides for us all good things. This pattern of little gods, desiring to be little gods, started with our progenitors, Adam and Eve, in the garden. They buy the lie of pride, and they eat the fruit of the knowledge tree of the, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That they were told one thing you must not do by God. But they know now if we eat this, we'll become like gods. We'll be gods ourselves. God's holding back. And in doing so, they deliberately disobey. They reject God as the supreme ruler and king. And as a result of their disobedience, God basically just says, away you go. He hands them over. He hands the world that he created for them, for them to rule over. He also hands that over to this pride and that it's all placed under a curse. Our first reading. To Adam, he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate the fruit from the tree about which I commanded, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. And you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground since from it you were taken. For dust you are and to dust you will return. And we find Adam and Eve banished from this garden paradise to live and work and love and play in a world of thorns and thistles. A world of frustration and sweat and ultimate death. From dust you are to dust you will return. This, this, this is not a small irritation, these thorns and thistles. This is killing us. This curse. The story of God revealed in the Holy Scripture is that the created God's intention, his purpose is to bring healing to the nations. You know, ouch, ouch, ouch. He's going to bring healing for all people to the nations. And he has promised to redeem 
to buy back, to restore and to renew and call a people to himself who have been made righteous, who are now eager to do good and who are therefore fit for what he calls the new heavens and the new earth. A recreated world, the home of righteousness. We get a glimpse in the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. In chapter 55, the prophet says, the Lord says, Come, all who are thirsty, come to me. Seek me while I may be found. There's going to be a new day coming. And on that new day, you will go out in joy. You'll be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you. It's going to be like a new creation. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Here they come. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper. Instead of the briars, the myrtle will grow. The thorns are going. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. The entire creation will be renewed. It will be whole. There will be healing for the nations. But how is God going to do this work to restore and renew people and indeed the whole creation? Because this world of ours, is, it's fallen as a result of our pride. Well, God's going to restore the world we find in the Bible by acting in a manner that is totally consistent with his holy name and character. How will he do that? Well, God's going to do the exact opposite of what we do. What brought about the fall, when God renews, he will do the exact opposite. God will restore and redeem a proud, rebellious people living in a fallen world through an act of absolute, profound humility. The proud will be redeemed by the humble. And I think it's described most powerfully by the Apostle Paul as he quotes an early Christian hymn in Philippians chapter 2. And we've been looking at this over recent weeks in our church because it's such a great passage. Paul writes, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. What did Christ Jesus do? We looked at it over communion who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. This is the Christmas story. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself even further. We're getting past Christmas now. By becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. God entered our world in the person of his Son, who forsook all the glories and majesties of heaven and all the joy of perfect loving relationship with Father and Spirit. And he came down and took on human flesh. He was one of us. He was born with human flesh 
and as you know, laid in a manger, in a cattle trough, very probably in hay. Can you imagine that little baby boy with that little baby bottom and those little baby arms and legs against the hay? Mary and Joseph, what are you doing? Don't put him on the hay. Can you feel the thorns and thistles in his side? And as he grew, he lived in a world of thorns and thistles. And they pricked him and they pried at him and he cut and he bled. Because God Almighty entered the curse. He shared in our brokenness. He took it upon himself. The Apostle Paul writes to the church in, in, in Galatia, in Turkey, and he says, Christ came to redeem us or to buy us back from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, quoting Deuteronomy 21, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree or a pole or a cross. Cursed. You see, when Jesus died on that cross on Good Friday 2,000 years ago, he became cursed for us. He took the judgment for our rebellion so that we might be set free. He redeemed, he paid the price to set us free from the curse of sin and death. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him who had no sin to be sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We've been singing about it this morning. This is Easter. Jesus took the curse upon himself so that he might take it from upon us. Christ died for our sin. That is the basic Good Friday message. And we see this as we read the crucifixion accounts as Christine read a portion. Christ Jesus is led to the cross and he is crowned with our brokenness. Jesus is humiliated. He is abased. He takes and is forced into the lowest place. They release an insurrectionist, a terrorist, a criminal. Pilate washes his hands, none of my business. His wife's all nervous. Don't do that, don't do that, honey. No, sweetheart, I'm doing it. They flog this man, this innocent man, mercilessly. They robe him in purple to mock him as a king. And they prepare a crown for the king. A crown of thorns. And they... Place it on his head. Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit at him and they strike him again and again. But more than the pain is the mockery and abasement and humiliation. Pride poured out on the Son of God and in its most ugly expression. Pride that stands over. Pride that is a bully. Pride that says, you're copying it because I can make you cop it. Wham, wham, wham. And you are low and I am high. 
They crown Jesus, did you notice, with the curse that hangs over creation. They crown him with thorns and thistles. Evil adorns his head. Our brokenness, the steel wool of life, rests upon the Son of God. And wearing his crown of humility, Jesus carries his cross to victory. His humility conquers our pride. His humility provides the way out of our brokenness. Jesus, crowned with our curse, sets us free. Peter puts it so beautifully. 1 Peter chapter 2. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds, by his wounds amongst the thorns and the thistles, crowned with glory, you are healed. The curse says, the curse says the ground will produce thistles and thorns and by the sweat of your brow you will eat your food and from dust you came and to dust you will return. And Jesus, the Son of God, God incarnate, came to redeem us from that curse and call a people to himself who have been set free from the curse. So when you prick your finger in the garden, when you scrape your knees, when the world gets you down, when the petrol price goes up and you haven't filled your tank up, on those days when the world absolutely falls out from underneath you, remember Good Friday. Remember that Good Friday is one good day in amongst 365 other good days in Jesus. Because in him there is hope. In him there is freedom. In him there is redemption. In him there is life. And when the world gets you down, say, you're not winning, Satan. Your pride, your crown, your power has been overthrown by my humble king who who wore the crown of thorns for me. And I am clothed in his righteousness. He bore my crown of curse that I might wear his crown of righteousness. And through every season, in trial and in joy, I will follow Jesus. I will walk humbly with my God. Let that be our prayer. Amen.